Hi there, and welcome to the show. You're listening to another episode. Every other Tuesday, I release a short story about whatever's going on in the Parks household or whatever's in my head at the time. It's a way for you to get to know me a little better in between my rare disease interviews. There's this picture of Ford around his first Christmas, and he looks chubby for the first and only time in his life. He had just gotten an NG tube, and he'd finally gained a couple pounds since his birth. He looks genuinely jolly in it. This was still at a point in our life where I was pushing through as hard as I could to fit into everyone else's life, my imagined life, to experience the holidays with Ford the way I had expected it to be. Take him to the lights, go Christmas shopping, open presents, get the tree, all of the things I expected to be easy, even though he was a little squishy baby that I could cart around a heck of a lot easier than I can now. Nothing about it was easy. I was trying to do all the things. No matter that I was dealing with my own grief and first-time anxiety with a medically complex kid, but also being a few months postpartum. Trying to be strong, making other people comfortable. We have a tradition and we have an annual festive Christmas day with Casey's parents where we gallivant around the most festive city in Washington, where we pop into shops for a cozy cocktail and a snack and hit up stores and get gifts and walk around and laugh and be merry. Nordstrom has this mother's lounge and it's cozy and comfy and it has these big chairs designated for general breaks, sure, but mainly for mothers so they can change and feed their kiddos. And I remember being in that room pumping milk because Ford couldn't suck or swallow. I pumped all of his food for nine months. I remember sitting in that room with other mothers, mothers who were breastfeeding with a brand new fuzzy blanket around their babies. And there I was, pumping milk and pouring it in a bag and connecting it to a tube in his face. At this point, I'm still trying to figure out the food pump and its never-ending error codes. <laughs> I could hardly bear the shame I felt for not being one of them, watching them glance away when I looked up, wondering what they thought. If they felt sorry for me, if they were horrified that I brought a sick-looking child out in public, maybe they were happy they weren't me. I remember a lot of things from that first Christmas. Ford used to love lying under the Christmas tree. I could calm him down by putting it under the tree so he could look up at the lights. I didn't have to worry about him swatting the ornaments because it was something that he still couldn't do at that point. He wouldn't even roll over for many months after that. That Christmas, when I watched Ford's nieces and nephews experience the holidays the way I had envisioned, was such a punch-in-the-gut moment for me. Tearing open gifts, decorating cookies, meeting Santa, all of it. The holidays were, and still are, in some way, the big reality moments of this journey. Like a huge glass wall in between us and them. I remember this hat that I ordered this beautiful knitted hat off Etsy, and it cost me way too much money, and it was so cute. And that hat still fits his head. I don't put it on him anymore. It's one of those things that's a special thing to me, but it also breaks my heart. This happens a lot during the holidays. We are constantly adapting to our way of life. Finding joy and making our own traditions for how they best fit our families. And yet, there's that grief. It's okay that it's there. 
Just because you have this ache doesn't mean you aren't fulfilled, proud, full of love and hope. It doesn't mean you are broken. It doesn't mean you're behind others in their journey. My friend Jessica Fine, who you've heard on the podcast, made a post this week that really resonated with me. It reads, I know that grief and joy will both show up today. They'll both be in the room while I'm cooking and cleaning and socializing with people. My hope is that joy can hold its own against grief. Grief is quiet, but she's always there, even when joy is big and loud and throws her arms around me. Grief letters by saying, I'm still here. I'm not going away. I loved that quote. It also reminds me of the quote by William Blake that says, joy and woe are woven fine. So for me, I draw upon these reservoirs of strength and wisdom, looking at grief from a point of love as well, and not only despair. Speaking of reservoir and toolbox, (laughs) I practice to maintain that for sure. But this last week, I had my first panic attack, anxiety attack, overload, I don't know, a mix of it all in a while. And I don't know if it was the holidays or if it was the fact that we just signed up with new healthcare that starts in the new year and I'm terrified for all the legwork and finding new providers. The holidays, maybe. Thanksgiving dinner, Ford doesn't eat. He doesn't join us at the table. He isn't making mashed potato and gravy lakes. He isn't helping me baste the turkey and stir the gravy. It hurts. The weather here, it's the wettest winter on record, and it's been raining for over a month, opposite of Effie's happy place. So I have been struggling this last week, and the anxiety just like wrapped itself around me, and I lost focus. At one point, I cried because I was hungry before Thanksgiving dinner. I haven't been able to work. But in the moments that I could breathe, I took it in. I played with my kids. I laughed. I pushed them on the swing in the pouring rain when we were soaking wet and smiling. I just want you to know that It's like they always say in our world. It's like the tides and the rocky seas. Sometimes it's wild and you have to hang on for dear life. Sometimes the anxiety and the grief tides are high and murky. And it's okay. Notice it. Let it be there. And fight like hell to let the light back in when the clouds part. It's okay to be sad. But we do have to learn how to function the rest of the time and not just on the other side of the glass. The practice of sustaining ourselves and patching up the place to make a reservoir to draw from when times get tough, that is a source of strength. You'll be glad you've positioned yourself in a way to withstand these moments and even the memories of them. I was so grateful to be able to listen to stories of those who helped fill me up this past week and to read their captions on grief and to learn tips and tricks (laughs) and enforcing my boundaries. Thanks to you, I'm not alone in this. I am stronger and I'll take all the help I can get.